0: Welcome to the Real Life Cooking Podcast. I'm Kate Shaw, and this week we're going to learn how to roast a turkey. This year, 2020, has been endless and horrible, but somehow we are finally approaching the winter holiday season. In the United States, we're nearing Thanksgiving a feast day celebrated with family and friends. The traditional main course for Thanksgiving is turkey, but a lot of people don't know how to roast a turkey without drying it out. Hopefully this episode will help you roast your turkey perfectly every time. As soon as turkeys start showing up in the stores in October, I usually buy one and cook it for myself because I love turkey. I always buy the very smallest one I can find, of course, because I am just one person, and while I do have an astonishing capacity for eating turkey, I have my limits. Don't forget, you need to have something to cook a turkey in, because even a small one is too big for ordinary pans. You can buy those heavy-duty foil roasting pans, but while they make cleanup easy, they're also not great. You have to put a pan under them because otherwise you can't safely move the roasting pan once the turkey is in it. Because heavy duty or not, no aluminum foil can stand up to the weight of even a small turkey. But since the roasting pan is also bigger than a typical cookie sheet, it's still really hard to move safely. If you have room to store it, though, you can usually find inexpensive steel roasting pans this time of year. I spent less than ten bucks for mine, and I've had it for five or six years now, so I figure it's paid for itself. It doesn't matter what brand of turkey you buy, they're all pretty good. The cheaper ones sometimes have surprise bags of pre-made gravy tucked in the cavity, which you just paid for, and they're mostly water, but I can never feel too upset because it's actually pretty good gravy. Unless you're cooking for a huge crowd, you'll probably want to get a smaller turkey. 13 pounds is actually on the small side, but you can usually find turkeys that are a bit under 10 pounds when you have a big selection to choose from. If you get a turkey that small on sale, it can cost less than a four-pound chicken. So let's assume that you have acquired a frozen turkey and a roasting pan big enough to hold it. Four or five days before you plan to cook the turkey, put it in the fridge. It takes at least four days to thaw or a day or two longer for bigger turkeys. If there's even a slight chance you'll forget to move it to the fridge from the freezer, put a reminder in your phone. Don't thaw it on the counter or put it in the fridge to thaw. You don't want to die. Okay, the big day has arrived. It's time to cook that turkey. People sometimes say that you cook a turkey for 20 minutes per pound, but that's actually too long. It's more like 15 minutes per pound, maybe even a little less. For a small turkey up to about 11 pounds in weight, you can count on it cooking in about two and a half hours or just a bit more at 350 degrees Fahrenheit. My 13 pound turkey needed more like three hours. So if you like to have Thanksgiving dinner early, Remember, you're going to have to get that turkey in the oven early. You also need at least an hour to prepare before the turkey goes in the oven, and at least half an hour afterwards. That's why your grandmother was always up at dawn on Thanksgiving. The first thing to do is clean out the sink. Wash any dishes sitting in it and give it a quick scrub or at least wipe it out with a sponge. Then set your roasting pan out so you can get to it easily. If it comes with a rack, you can use the rack. Otherwise, you'll set the turkey directly on the bottom of the pan. I line my pan with foil because it's a cheap pan with cheap nonstick coating. And despite my care over the years, the coating has started to peel off and I don't want to accidentally eat any. You know, it occurs to me that I might want to upgrade my roasting pan pretty soon. Next, take the turkey out of the fridge and open the package over the sink. If you've listened to the roast chicken episode, this will feel familiar. Set the turkey in the sink with the drumsticks pointing up and cut the package open. A lot of yucky water will pour out, which is why you are using the sink. Remove the packaging entirely and throw it out, and that's why you emptied and wiped the sink clean, because the turkey is sitting in it now. The ends of the drumsticks will be tied together, and how they're connected depends on what brand of turkey you bought. My butterball had a rope of skin looped over the drumsticks to hold them in place, which is honestly the best way to do it. You can just push the skin over the ends to release the legs. If the legs are joined by a heavy duty plastic piece, it's much harder. The plastic is really thick, and even kitchen shears aren't usually strong enough to cut it. I think you can just leave the plastic in place while the turkey cooks, but I am opposed to putting plastic in the oven. If you have a pair of pruning shears, they're usually strong enough to get that plastic off in just one or two snips. Pruning shears, not your typical kitchen tool. Once the legs are free, pull the neck out of the cavity you can throw the neck out or you can keep it for stock or to simmer in water on the stove until it's cooked and pick off little pieces of meat to add to the gravy later if you make gravy that's what i meant to do this time but i forgot and dropped it in the trash right on top of the cat litter i had scooped earlier so it stayed in the trash next turn the turkey around so you're looking at the neck end This is usually sealed over with loose skin. Pull the skin back to expose the neck hole, and that's where the giblets should be. They're usually in a little pouch, which makes them easy to remove. Don't forget this step. Whether or not you want to cook them, you have to take them out of the turkey first. You can also trim away the extra skin from around the neck hole and also from around the tail, although it's not necessary. Next, pick up the turkey, hold it cavity down over the sink, and give it a few hard shakes. This will dislodge any ice and let any remaining water drip out. Then turn the tap on and rinse the turkey off before setting it in the roasting pan. Then wash your hands thoroughly and scour out the sink properly before using it for anything else because you really don't want any raw turkey juice on anything you might eat. Leave the turkey sitting out for about an hour. This allows it to warm a little and its skin to dry, which will help it cook better. Be careful if you have pets in the house, though. I caught one of my cats trying to leap onto the counter where the turkey was sitting, which he ordinarily never does. When the hour is almost up, get the oven ready. Before you turn the oven on, move the racks. You want your turkey sitting right above the burners at the bottom of the oven, so move one rack down there and get the other rack out of the way by moving it to the highest slot. You might want to check and make sure the turkey will fit before you turn the oven on. You may need to remove the top rack entirely and set it aside. Once the racks are moved, turn the oven on to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. While it's preheating, season the turkey. Despite the brand name Butterball, there's no butter on the turkey, but that's about to change. Warm some salted butter in the microwave for about 20 seconds and rub it all over the turkey. You can melt the butter and pour it over the turkey if you prefer. It's even better if you push some of the softened butter under the skin, but it can be hard to get your fingers under the skin without tearing it. Then sprinkle the whole turkey liberally with salt and pepper, including inside the cavity. Finally, peel an onion and cut it in half. Place one half in the neck cavity where the giblets were and pull the loose skin down to hold it in place. This helps block the neck hole, which will keep the turkey from cooking too fast. It will probably fall out during cooking, but at least you tried. Cut the other half of the onion in half again and throw both pieces into the large cavity. Then pour two cups of water into the bottom of the pan. That's it! Your turkey is ready to roast. Put it in the oven on the bottom rack and set the timer for 15 minutes or less than the time you estimated it would need to cook. Remember, go with 15 minutes per pound for your estimation. You don't want it to overcook so when the timer goes off, you can check it and decide if it needs that last 15 minutes. Personally, I think basting a turkey is a waste of time. I do keep an eye on the turkey, and when the skin looks as brown as I want it, I'll set a tint of foil over it so it won't overbrown, but that's the only time I open the oven until the timer goes off. Many people like to cook dressing in the turkey's cavity, but that slows the cooking time considerably and may keep both turkey and dressing from cooking all the way through. It's better to cook the dressing separately if you make any. When the timer goes off, take the turkey out of the oven and set it on the stove, and make sure you shut the oven door so the heat stays inside. Use your meat thermometer to check for doneness. As we talked about in the roast chicken episode, Push the thermometer deep into the meat, but make sure you don't push it all the way through into the cavity. The breast meat should measure 160 to 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Then check the thigh, which should be hotter than that, closer to 180. If it's not, the thigh meat will be underdone, and that's a crime because it's the tastiest part. If it's not hot enough, put the turkey back in the oven for another 15 minutes, then check it again. Many brands of turkey have a thermometer inserted in the breast meat that will pop up when it reaches optimum temperature. It's plastic now that I think about it. I was surprised my butterball didn't have the thermometer, which actually works pretty well and has helped me not overcook many a turkey. Once the turkey is done, it's still not done. It needs to rest for a good 20 minutes. Place a tent of foil over it the same way you do for roast chicken, which will help keep the steam from escaping. You want the turkey to absorb that steam and stay moist instead of drying out. Once the 20 minutes have passed, or a little more if you're in the middle of other things, you need to carve the turkey. This is traditionally the role of a male relative, mostly because the cook probably has their hands full, finishing other dishes in time to get everything to the table, Before it's all cold. Various offspring and their cousins are probably busy conveying dishes to the sideboard or table as they're ready, and someone is trying to fix the ice maker which has frozen up, and everyone else is standing around watching the table expectantly like a pack of hungry dogs. Oh, and there's usually an ant or somebody filling wine glasses. Anyway, if you have to carve the bird yourself, you will need a sharp knife. The only sharp knife I own is a bread knife, so I use that, and it works. First, cut into the skin between the leg and the body. A lot of juices will run out as soon as you pierce the skin here, and the juices should be clear and not cloudy. If they're cloudy, there's a good chance that the thigh meat is underdone. But the breast meat should be done, so don't worry. Thanksgiving is not ruined. You're fine. Cut down until you hit bone, then either pull the leg back out of the way or remove it entirely if you can. My uncle pulls the leg off completely, but to be honest, I'm not sure how he does it. I think he may just wrench at it, like, with strength until it just cracks off. I'm usually the one pouring the wine. Anyway, once you've done that, you're ready to get the breast meat off, but if you plan to make gravy, you need to move the turkey out of the pan first. You need to get at those pan drippings. If you don't have a platter big enough for the turkey, you can set it in a big skillet or a 9x13 pan long enough to pour the drippings from the roasting pan into a small mixing bowl. Then you can put the turkey back in the roasting pan to carve. Slice pieces from the sides of the breast and remove them to a serving platter. Turkey breast meat, usually called white meat from its color, has a good texture, but it becomes dry easily. Hopefully yours is moist, but if you overcooked it and it's a little dry, the dark meat should be perfectly done. So Thanksgiving is still not ruined. Dark meat, which is mostly from the leg and thigh, has a less pleasant texture, but much more flavor than white meat. Turkey meat keeps in the fridge for about three days maybe a little longer, but make sure to wrap it up well. Even if your turkey is perfectly done, it will get dry in the fridge. And if you microwave it to heat it up, it gets even drier, so eat it up fast. Or you can make shepherd's pie out of it, but that's next week's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find Real Life Cooking Podcast at reallifecooking.blueberry.net That's blueberry without any ease. Now, get out there and enjoy your food.